Counseling at Your Job on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week, I am delighted to have one of our great brothers, certified members, Tim Keeter, to join us on the podcast today. Tim is a certified member since 2001. He's a lay elder at Grace Community Church, where he lives now in Huntsville, Alabama, and he's also an engineer. And today, he's going to talk about how to think through the process of, of counseling at your job. Tim, we're so grateful that you're here, and we look forward to this discussion today. Thank you, Dale. We're really just grateful for the ministry of this particular podcast. It's a fantastic resource for the counselors at our church, and I recommend it to so many different people. So we appreciate the honor of being here. Well, thank you for that. We're excited. Now, as we talk about counseling and particularly at your job, I mean, we know increasingly we're having difficulty in that arena, especially as there are more regulations and all these types of things of what we can and can't say. And and even for we who believe, sometimes there's hesitation about what's appropriate, what's okay. Is counseling appropriate in the workplace? And what does counseling look like in the workplace? So let me take that in two different pieces. Um, I think it's absolutely appropriate, and it's not just appropriate, it's needed mm. in the workplace. Uh, we live in a dark world that needs the light of God, and we're called as believers to love people and whenever possible to speak of Jesus and the hope that is anchored in him. And just because we come across hurting people, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ in the workplace, we're not needing to be silent just because they're not in our church family or in our, our communities or neighborhoods. These problems are common to man that the people we work around experience. And so scripture is sufficient for that and it's needed for that. And really, if they're going to get any real help, they're going to get it from the word of God. Now, as you walk through this, there are several maybe nuances that we would think about. So uh, God has put us into this particular sphere of influence. And, and by that, I mean, he's saying essentially that you're my light to this part of the world. You're my light to this section of humanity. And uh, so we think about counseling other people as those problems come up. But one of those dynamics is a little bit different when we think about those who actually work for us. Does that does that type of relationship change the way we would counsel someone that works for us? That's a, actually a really good uh, question because I am in a management position at my job. So I do have a group of people who report to me, meaning that I oversee annual evaluations, salary adjustments, and things of that nature. So the, the one area that I want to be really careful of when I'm offering counsel to those individuals is that I don't want to mix or entangle the authority of, of God's Word with the human authority, the earthly authority that I have at work. In other words, I don't want anything to, to compete with God's authority where they may be led to have sort of fear of man issues, mm -hmm. where they're trying to please me, maybe to give them an extra edge in getting that job promotion or salary. Uh, they need to be seeking to please God alone. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I do practically, if that occurs, is if we're sitting down together, especially at work, we, we wear badges where I work, is I will just physically take that badge off and uh, lay it down face down the table while I tell them, you know, I'm not talking to you even as a coworker or a manager right now. I'm talking to you as a brother in Christ. 
or if it helps to change the environment entirely, just to get up. Um, we're in a, I'm in a salaried position, so we have some flexibility with our time as long as we make that up, drive off to a local coffee shop or some other location where we're not and hindered by people busting in wanting to talk work and or, or wondering why we're sitting there doing that. Mm-hmm. So another dynamic that you brought up even in that answer was about managing our time wisely. And that question certainly comes up when we think about doing counseling on the job. I mean, this employer's paying us to get this job done and he's not paying us to be a church counselor at that particular moment or to, to work with our coworkers' life issues. But on the other hand, we also have to think about this idea of counseling it carries with it much more eternal significance than this particular job that I'm responsible for. So, I mean, how do we work through prioritizing those two things? I mean, what if my employer expressly forbids me and calls it proselytizing? Well, so there's three principles in particular that I, that help me think through those those issues. One, you know, Colossians 3.23 says, we're to work heartily unto the Lord. So how we conduct ourselves at our place of work is a reflection of worship in our relationship and submission to Christ. But also we know we're, we're to avoid stealing. Mm. And if I am, uh, you know, because I'm engaging in a gospel ministry, that isn't giving me the justification to sin. Mm-hmm. So if I'm counseling at work while at the same time charging my company for my time, then I'm stealing from my employer. And that, that never pleases God. And it's always sin. So I want to do those things off the clock, uh, before or after work, during breaks, during mealtimes. Mm. Uh, and again, we're in, I'm in a position where I do have some flexibility. So uh, I want to be diligent to make that time up if it is just a moment during the day, during normal business hours. But I also want to balance that with mm-hmm. if every time somebody walks by my office, I'm counseling, there's a, a, a bad testimony there, too, that I'm, I'm, I'm monopolizing my time. I need to be above reproach in that area. And, and, you know, if my employer, like if I work for a government entity that especially forbids those things, the opportunities that you get to build those relationships at work and to create those counseling opportunities still exist. I don't have a problem respecting that and picking up and going off somewhere else mm-hmm. on my time in another location to counsel them. Yeah, it sounds like a great way actually to obey the scriptures in opening up your home for hospitality or reaching out in those types of ways. As we think about our coworkers, I mean, this is a little bit different setting than the church. I mean, here at ACBC, we, we certainly believe in the authority of the local church and our responsibility of counseling in the context and under the authority of the local church, this is a different setting. We're working with people who uh, maybe attend other churches. Maybe they come from a different denomination, maybe a background where they're not involved in church at all, or they have little understanding of church. I mean, we're talking about a variety of spiritual maturity. So what are some principles to consider as, as I or someone else may counsel another who is not a part of my particular church, and and in fact, they might have some significantly different theological views. I don't know about you, Dale, but not everybody that comes into my counseling office agrees with every bit of theology that I present to them from the Bible anyway. (laughs) Uh, But it is a great reminder to make sure that everything I say to them, every bit of my counsel originates from my understanding of the Word of God. I want to be especially careful to take them to Scripture and to draw out the meaning of Scripture and apply it to them. Uh, I don't want to get into denominational arguments if I can. Mm. Avoid that. Uh, I want to approach the Word, and I want to show them where it's coming from. So it's not me. It's it's uh, it's my understanding of what God has said. So 
Uh, if I need time to go investigate, if they have issues with that, that's no different than if people are in our church uh, ministry and coming to us in the community. I don't want to be foolish. So it's, it gives me an extra opportunity to go to my church leadership to get another chance to learn. Uh, and sometimes, just like at church, uh, when we counsel at Grace Church, uh, sometimes they don't want biblical counseling. Mm. Uh, and that becomes apparent through the process. Yeah. Man, those are some unbelievably insightful points that you're giving to us. You know, us as Christians, one of the primary things that we should be doing, even in our workplace, is being vigilant, paying attention. I mean, God calls us to be others focused. And so these types of opportunities are are, are probably going to come up if we're paying attention and we're thinking about how we as a believer can serve others and think about others and their needs and putting them before ourselves. And as we do that, I think we're going to find that we can put a lot of your wisdom that you've given us today into practice in ministering to those uh, that we work with. So Tim, what a, one of the things that I think might be important is uh, maybe maybe we want to counsel and we're looking for opportunities to counsel at work. What, what are some things we should be looking for to pursue some of those opportunities? Well, I think it starts with your testimony uh, in terms of how you live out your life uh, amongst your coworkers. You know, you you want to live and you want to work uh, is uh, to make it clear that you love the Lord, that you tend to speak and act with wisdom and self-control, that you're compassionate towards others. And those types of things uh, we would anticipate God would use to attract hurting people to come to you. Uh, there's some practical things you can do as well. Uh, I suggest talking to your human resources group. Um, they are likely dealing with all kinds of issues with mm-hmm. people in the in the workplace. Uh, some of them technical in nature, but a lot of them are, are complicated by the things that these people will go mm-hmm. through uh, as they they live life as well as as work. And you can let them know that if an employee is experiencing difficulty in life and wants to meet with another Christian, that you're available. My company actually has a couple of life coaches. Uh, and they've been known to ask other believers to befriend an employee who's just going through a rough trial. Mm. Just say, hey, this guy needs a friend. Will you spend some time with mm. him? And those are just fantastic opportunities to be a blessing to your employer. Well, if, if we're looking for particular ways to get involved in the ministry and to take the ministry outside of the walls of the local church, uh, the Lord has strategically placed all of us in spheres of influence. And this is one primary way that we can really begin to minister the Word of God to hurting people, to, to bring in the hope of Christ into their living rooms, where they live and where they move and have their being. And so, Tim, thank you so much for joining us today and to giving, giving us some of these uh, very good insights on how to minister to those with whom we work. My pleasure. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to invite you to our spring CDTs, our Counseling and Discipleship Trainings. In the spring, we offer three locations for our CDTs in the spring of 2019. One of those locations is Huntsville, Alabama. Tim Keeter is actually a member of the church who helps us to put on that particular CDT. And we would like to invite you to attend that spring CDT in Huntsville, Alabama. The first weekend is March 15th and 16th. We have two other locations as well, one in Houston, Texas, and another in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. If you'd like to learn more about these CDTs and how you can become trained by ACBC, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.